Peter Hill Explains, where I invite you to join the science teaching conversation with me about... Part 2 of a Wikipedia reading of the planet Venus. Now, yesterday I was <coughs> really under the weather with a uh, what was tested as a negative non-COVID head cold, but it was pretty snotty and I was pretty oh, sort of run down. Uh, but Venus is sort of an interesting planet uh, in that it's got it's a very regular circular orbit. Um, something it's not really spinning at all in space. It's almost um, it's not tidally locked because there's virtually no tides uh, on it. I suppose there would be uh, solid tides, <coughs> uh, but it's. Uh, basically rotating the wrong direction so it's rotating clockwise for its anti-clockwise orbit so the sun rises in the west and sets in the east but very very slowly and its uh, surface is refreshed volcanism it has no magnetic field a uh, uh, a, a pressure uh, landing on the surface of uh, carbon dioxide, uh, mostly carbon dioxide, uh, on its surface, uh, no water, very, very dry planet, but uh, a kilometre deep, so it's like um, landing on the surface, is landing like on the deep abyss, you have to build a, a pretty amazing uh, device to survive there, and uh, uh, sort of a surface cloud, uh, which is it's only brightness colour of the surface is uh, sulfuric acid at the surface, which is an upswelling of uh, sulfuric acid from its uh, volcanism. Now, on its surface, it's got two um, main uh, raised areas, uh, named after the last one's Aphrodite. The first one is some Babylonian equivalent of it, love. It's sort of interesting that lava and feminine stuff on this absolutely hostile landscape. There's a few uh, male features on it before they realise, you know, this is definitely a female planet. Everything's named after feminine points and uh, sort of like there's a bit of a blot up, let's say, Maxwell's Mountains. It's got some really interesting um, volcanic structures. Uh, which have arachnids, that is, uh, circular and radial uh, fractures on it that are going across. Now we're up to uh, going up to something called the surface geology. Much of the Venetian surface appears to have been shaped by volcanic activity. Venus has several times as many volcanoes as Earth and has 167 large volcanoes of over 100 kilometres across. The only volcanic complex of this size on Earth is the big island of Hawaii. This is not because Venus is more volcanically active than Earth, but because its crust is older. <coughs> oh, that's interesting. Earth's oceanic crust is continuously recycled by subduction at the boundaries of the tectonic plates. And as such, the average age of the Earth is about uh, 100 million years, whereas Venetian surface is estimated at 300 to 600 million years old. So we've got sort of little chunks left over of um, like the um, Western Australia is the oldest place on Earth, apparently. This is one area that the Earth have got to recycle. Uh, now, 
Our tectonic plates is uh, basically a weakening of the rocks due to moisture content, which means that plate tectonic activity can go across. It's uh, a common misconception is that plate tectonics has been driven by the convection currents, heat convection currents, and indeed it's not. It's uh, the um, the surface rocks become weak and heavy, and drag and pull caterpillar out the different rocks across. Um, several lines of evidence point to the ongoing volcanic activity on Venus. Sulfur dioxide concentrations in the atmosphere dropped by a factor of 10 between 78 and 86 and jumped in 2006 and then declined uh, 10 hundredfold. This may mean that the levels have been boosted several times by large volcanic eruptions. It has also been suggested that Venetian lightning discussed below could originate from volcanic activities, i.e. volcanic lightning. In January 2020, uh, astronomers reported evidence that suggests Venus is currently volcanically <coughs> active. And so for lightning, you have to have um, a process of um, charge buildup, obviously. You have to have charge transport, and in order to get charge transport, you need phase um, uh, supercooled liquid so it's interesting that they've got uh, the idea that it could rain tellurium rain or lead rain in 2008 to 2009 the first direct evidence of ongoing volcanism was observed for the venus express in the form of four transient localized infrared hotspots within the rift zone of granus charisma near the shield volcanics Matmons. <coughs> Three of the spots were observed in more than one successive orbit. These spots are thought to represent lava freshly released in volcanic eruptions. The actual experiments are not known because the size of the hotspots could not be measured, but are likely to have been um, 100 to 1,000 uh, 1, 1, Kelvin. The range of relative normal temperature uh, is 740 degrees Kelvin. Um, it is interesting that uh, the molten lava is really... Um, it's, th there's no reason for the lava to be hotter than the surrounding rocks. Like, there's, no, there's, there's no heat source within the lava which explains why it's hotter. Right? So... What it's our molten lava is basically more liquefied rock. Now, what happens is that if the flux is such that it bleeds and concentrates, the flux or liquidity of the rocks build up. Um, so, there's no explanation for why heat would build up in an area. It's in general heat diffuses, but what doesn't diffuse is the solubility of the rocks or the, the solubility of the rocks diffuses to a runaway situation so you melt the rock <coughs> it bleeds off a, a tiny amount of liquid rock this liquid rock uh, goes in and dissolves more liquid rocks it becomes a lower and lower melting point <coughs> now um, there's also the conductivity, thermal conductivity of lava. So, 
it can actually access the heat from deeper down in the earth so it can be relatively hot to the material above but it is also a lower melting point the major thing is that it's molten and the rock next to it isn't yes so it's recent uh, almost a thousand impact craters have been, are evenly distributed across its surface on other crater bodies, such as Earth and the Moon's craters show a range of states of degradation. On the Moon, degradation is caused by subsequent impacts, whereas Earth is caused by wind, rain and erosion. On Venus, about 85% of the craters are in pristine condition. The number of craters, together with their well-preserved condition, indicates the planet underwent a global resurfacing event about 300 to 600 million years ago, followed by the, uh, a decay in volcanism. Uh, now, the Earth life, uh, multicellular life, um, is around 50, uh, 550 million years ago. Sex, um, uh, envision half a million years ago, uh, 500 million years ago. Um, uh, oh, goodness, his knees. Um, when you've got things coming on land around 400 million years ago, it's pretty interesting how, how it all goes. So this is page number five. One, three, go, go like that. Continuous motion. Venus is thought to be unable to sustain such a process, whatever that means. Without plate tectonics to dissipate heat from the mantle, Venus instead undergoes cyclical process which the mantle temperature rises until they reach a critical level that weakens the crust. Then, over a period of about 100 million years, subduction occurs at an enormous scale, completely recycling the crust. So, it uh, sort of like an earthquake. We, we, we have continuous motion, and then it's interrupted by earthquakes. You can imagine that the uh, with no... Uh, no process that you'd have <coughs> basically a catastrophic failure of a stable surface. Venetian craters range from 3 to 280 kilometers in diameter. No crater is smaller than 3 kilometers because the effects of dense atmosphere on incoming objects. Objects with less than a certain kinetic energy are slowed so much by the atmosphere that they do not create an impact crater. I'm just really trying to actually think about that. Yeah, I, I would say there's two ranges of things. So, so um, if you go really fast, uh, you could... Yeah, it's really, really interesting. I, I think that if you go really fast at a certain size, um, so you'd have the kinetic energy reduced by the mass, or you could reduce the kinetic energy by having it going very slowly and large and a small mass. That might be able to survive if, you, if it's sort of just like, like a, a rover is something which you can hit the surface without being size. Um, and they do not create an impact crater. Incoming projectiles less than 50 metres in diameter will fragment up and burn the atmosphere before reaching the ground. Straf 
stratigraphically older terrestrial terrains are consistent with lower thermal emissivity than surrounding <coughs> um, planes measured by the Venus Express, the Magellan indicating a different, possibly more felsic material assemblage. Mechanisms to generate a large amount of felsic crust usually require the presence of water oceans and plate tectonics, implying that a habitable condition had existed in early Venus. However, the nature of the terrestrial terrains are far from certain. Hard to understand. Internal structure. Without seismic data or knowledge of the moment of inertia, uh, little that is um, by you can actually work out gravitational anomalies by doing gravitational maps. Um, there's little direct information about the internal structure and geochemistry of Venus. The similarity in size and density between Earth and Venus suggests that they might share a similar internal structure, a core mantle crust. We've got an inner core, outer core, mantle and crust for us. Like that of Earth, the Venetian core is at least partially wood because the two planets have been cooling at the same rate. I think that's complete bollocks um, because ours is liquid due to the heat generated by um, nuclear fusion. fission. The slightly smaller size of Venus means the pressures are 24.4% lower in the deep interior than that of Earth. The principal difference between the two planets is the lack of evidence of plate tectonics on Venus, possibly because the crust is too strong to subduct without water to make it season. I'd say the water is the major thing. The result is in reduced heat loss for the planet preventing it from cooling, providing a likely explanation for a lack of internally generated magnetic field. Uh, I don't know um, um, definitely that um, the heat loss you know, there's so many uh, so many terawatts produced by the centre of the earth which provides so at, at the temperature, if you put a thermometer on the on the soil, that is one or two degrees of the several hundred degrees is due to the internal function of the Earth. <coughs> I don't think I don't know whether motion that type of stuff represents cooling. I, I, I find that hard to actually believe. Instead, Venus may lose its internal heat by periodic resurfacing events. I, yeah, I, I find that entire thing hard to to comprehend. So the, the surface of the the temperature of the internal core, which is five thousand degrees hotter than the surface of the sun, our internal core. Their core is high temperature, and it's solid due to the high pressure. Um, that is so radiation produces a certain amount of heat. The heat goes up to a certain point, such that the heat creates a heat gradient, and that heat gradient provides an energy flow to outer space. And um, it's you know the uh, the 
differential rate is the uh, area, so it's pi uh, four pi uh, four pi r squared. Is that right? Yeah, four pi <coughs> r squared for your area, and then the differential temperature. Now, um, it's sort of insane to say that uh, a, uh, a variation of Installation layer is going to lead to a runaway temperature increase in the core. Bizarre. I don't know how that people think about that. Atmosphere and climate. Venus is extremely dense atmosphere, composed of 96.5% carbon dioxide, 3.5% nitrogen, and traces of other gases, including sulfur dioxide. Very interesting that they don't have. Um, you know, we have 1% argon. Oh, that would make sense. We've got 1% argon. <coughs> in our atmosphere, but then that would be a corresponding lower percentage for the same. Our argon is from the decay of uh, potassium. Radioactive potassium gives argon, and so we've got 1%. So, is that right? I think 1% argon. So we're uh, uh, mostly nitrogen, oxygen, uh, argon and then a trace of carbon dioxide. Uh, the mass of the atmosphere is 93 times that of Earth's, whereas the pressure on the surface is about 92 times that of Earth, a pressure equivalent to the depth of one kilometre of oceans. The density on the surface is 65 kilograms per metre cubed, 6.5% that of water, and 50 times as dense as the Earth's atmosphere. At 293 Kelvin at sea level. The CO2 rich atmosphere generates the strongest greenhouse effect in the solar system, creating the surface temperatures of at least 735 degrees Kelvin. This makes Venus surface hotter than Mercury, which is maximum surface temperature um, is and the minimum surface temperature is 53 degrees Kelvin. It's freezing at the poles and a maximum um, surface temperature of 700 degrees Kelvin will be at the west meridian when it, Mercury sun appears to stop the sun becomes grows bigger and stops going, fuck it's not going bigger oh shit it's stopped you can really there's a real toasty surface um, Venus's atmosphere is extremely enriched with primordial noble gases compared to Earth this enrichment indicates an early divergence from Earth's and evolution. An unusually large comet impact or creation of more massively primary atmosphere than Sol's nebula have been proposed for the explained enrichment. <coughs> um, oh, well, there you go. However, the atmosphere is also depleted of radiogenic argon, a proxy for mantle degassing, suggesting an early shutdown in major magnetism. Well, that's interesting. That's um, an area I was concerned about, argon. But surely, oh, so the argon is actually deep in the core and there's actually no process <coughs> in the in the core. So that might be an interesting thing, whether highly enriched, if you, you don't get um, convection happening or motion in the uh, crust. <coughs> 
that many gas build up. Um, so, so there would be still radiogenic argon. That's right. And helium, but that would be stuck, stuck in there. Studies have suggested that billions of years ago, Venus's atmosphere could have been much more like the one surrounding Earth, and there may have been substantial quantities of liquid water on the surface. But after a period of 600 million years to several billion years, a runaway greenhouse effect has caused the evaporation of the original water, which generated a critical level of greenhouse gases in its atmosphere. Although the surface conditions of Venus are no longer hospitable to any life, Earth-like life that may have been formed at this event, there is speculation of the possibility of life that exists in the upper cloud layers of Venus, 30 kilometers above the surface, with the temperature ranges between 303 and 355, 1380°C. But the environment is acidic, I think. <coughs> you can speculate all you like, it's very unlikely. The thermal inertia and transfer of heat by winds in lower atmosphere means the temperature of Venus' surface does not vary significantly between the planet's two hemispheres, um, those facing and not facing the sun, despite Venus' extremely slow rotation. Winds of the surface are slow, moving at a few kilometres per hour, but because of the high density of the atmosphere at the surface, they exert a significant amount of force against the obstructions and transport dust and small stones across the surface. Uh, this alone would make it difficult for a human to walk through even without heat or pressure or lack of oxygen. So it's basically a pea soup. Above uh, the dense CO2 layer are thick clouds consisting mainly of sulfuric acid, which are formed by sulfur dioxide and water through the chemical reaction resulting in sulfuric acid hydrate. Well, so that's a significant amount of water, then sulfuric acid. Additionally, the atmosphere consists of approximately 1% ferric chloride. Wow! <coughs> so that's interesting, iron chloride. Other possible constituents of cloud particles are ferrite sulfates, aluminium chloride, and phosphoric anhydride. So this is really their atmosphere is the most aggressive plumes of cloud from a, a white fire, a metal fire. The clouds reflect and scatter about 90% of the sunlight falls on, the, uh, on them back to space. This prevents visual observation of Venus's surface. The permanent cloud cover means that although Venus is closer to the Earth than the Sun, it receives less sunlight on the ground. A strong 300 kilometre an hour winds and the cloud tops go around Venus uh, about every four to five Earth days. The winds in Venus move up to 60 times the speed of its rotation, whereas Earth, the fastest winds are only at 10 to 20 percent of its rotation speed. So Venus is really not rotating anyway. The surface of Venus is effectively isothermal. It retains a constant temperature, but not only between two hemispheres, but between the equator and the poles. Venus's minute axial tilt, less than 3 degrees, compares to 23 degrees of Earth, also minimises seasonal temperature variation. <coughs> oh, that's an interesting thing. So, one, one thing I read, it was 67 degrees, 
and now it's 3 degrees. The highest point of Venus, Maxwell Mons, is... Page six. Five. Okay. So just reading that um, page six. The highest point on Venus, maximum miles, is therefore the coolest point on Venus. Okay. It's temperature uh, at 380 degrees Celsius and an atmospheric pressure of uh, 45 atmospheric pressure. In 1995, Magdalene spacecraft imaged a highly reflected substance on top of the highest mountains and peaks. Bore strong resemblance to celestial snow. This substance is likely formed from a similar process to snow, albeit at a far, half higher temperature. Now, if you've got snow formation, you have the basis of uh, perhaps lightning. This substance is likely to be formed by a similar process to snow. Too volatile to condense on the surface, it rose into gaseous form to higher elevations, where the cooler would precipitate. The identity of the substance is, known, is not known certainly, but speculations range from tellurium uh, to lead sulphur galena. Although Venus has no seasons as such, the 2019 astronomers identified a cyclical variation in the sunlight absorption of the atmosphere possibly caused by opaque absorbing particles suspended in the upper clouds. The variation caused observed changes in the speed of Venus's zonal winds and appears to rise and fall in time with the Sun's 11-year sunspot cycle. The existence of lightning in the atmosphere of Venus has been controversial since it was first suspected bursts were detected by the Soviet Venera probes. In 26-07, Venus Express clearly detected Whistler mode waves as signatures of lightning. So you'll actually hear whistler modes as whistles in your ham radio. Uh, the, the intermediate appearance uh, indicates a pattern associated with the weather activity. Accordingly to these measurements, the lightning rates is at least half that of Earth. However, other instruments have not detected lightning at all. The origin of any lightning remains unclear and could originate from clouds or volcanoes. In 2007, Venus Express discovered a huge double atmospheric vortex exists at the South Pole. Venus Express also discovered in 2011 <coughs> that an ozone layer exists in the high atmosphere of Venus. Well, yeah, it's one of the things that uh, has upset a lot of people about the ozone layer. On January. Bye bye. Bye bye, darling. Have a nice time. On 29th of January 2013, ESSA scientists reported the ionosphere in Venus streams outwards in a manner similar to the iron tail seen on a comet under similar conditions.
Well, that's interesting. So, I wonder whether you could actually see that tail or anything like that. Okay. Uh, in December 2015, and to a less extent in April and May 2016, researchers working on Japan's Akatsuki mission observed bow shapes in the atmosphere of Venus. This was considered direct evidence of the existence of perhaps the largest stationary gravitational waves in the solar system. Magnetic fields and the core. In 1967, Venera 4 found Venus's magnetic field to be much weaker than that of Earth. This magnetic field is induced by an interaction between the outer sphere and the solar wind, i.e. there's nothing there, rather than the internal dynamo in Earth's core. Venus's small induced magnetic sphere provides negligible projection out of the atmosphere against cosmic radiation. The lack of intrinsic magnetic field in Venus was surprising, given it's similar to Earth in size and was expected to contain a dynamo in the core. A dynamo requires three things, a conducting liquid rotation and convection. Well, it's, there's no rotation there. The core is uh, thought to be electrically conductive, and although its rotation is often thought to be too slow, simulations show it is adequate to provide a dynamo. I can't see how that would be. This implies that the dynamo um, is missing because of the lack of convection in Venus's core. Well, how could that not be? Convection, you have to have um, uh, several things. You've got, you've got to have convection. You have to have it. Um, the density has to inc uh, decrease with temperature. So, uh, decreases the temperature, then goes high density and gives you that process. That doesn't work in the sun's core. It's interesting. Um, uh, on Earth, convection occurs in the liquid outer layer of the core because the bottom of the liquid is much higher temperature than the top. Well, it's much higher the temperature and much lower density than the top, that means. On Venus, a global resurfacing event may have shut down plate tectonics and led to reduced heat flux through the crust. Complete bollocks. This would cause the mantle temperature to increase. <coughs> this is bizarre. Uh, thereby reducing the heat flux out of the core. As a result, no internal geodynamo is available. Well, I don't know if this person is completely up to the head spout. One possibility is that Venus has no solid inner core. Now that could well be. Or that the core is not cooling. So that the entire liquid part of the core is approximately the same temperature. Bizarre, this person's got no brain. Another possibility is that the core is already completely solidified. This state of core is highly dependent on the concentration of sulfur, which is uh, unknown at its present. So we are very lucky that we've got a huge amount of sulfur, and the sulfur liquefies the core. The weak magnetosphere around Venus means that the solar wind is interacting directly with the outer atmosphere. Here, ions of hydrogen and oxygen have been created by the dissociation of neutral molecules from ultraviolet uh, radiation. The solar wind then supplies energy that gives some of these ions sufficient velocity to escape Venus's gravity 
field. The erosion process results in a steady loss of low-mass hydrogen, helium and hydrogen ion, oxygen ions, whereas higher-mass molecules, such as carbon dioxide, are more likely to be retained if they're not photodissociated, you dick. <coughs> solar atmospheric erosion by the solar wind probably led to the loss of most of Venus's water during the first billion years after it's formed. The erosion has increased the ratio of higher-mass deuterium to lower-mass hydrogen in the atmosphere a hundred times compared with the rest of the solar system. Okay, I'll read that for the moment because my throat's getting a bit raspy. another story comes to a close it's been a pleasure sharing this moment in time with you may you discover truly amazing things understand them and tell others thanks for listening